1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The National Weather Service in Lincoln has issued a severe thunderstorm warning for northeast Fulton County in west central Illinois, west central Tazewell County in central Illinois, northeastern Mason County in central Illinois, and south central Peoria County in central Illinois. That is until 3.30 p.m. At 3.03 p.m., a severe thunderstorm was located seven miles southeast of St. David and 10 miles southeast of Canton, moving northeast at 40 miles per hour. Uh, 60-mile-per-hour wind gusts and quarter-sized hail. uh, That's radar indicated. Hail damage to vehicles is expected. Expect wind damage to roofs, siding, and trees. The severe thunderstorm will be near um, a couple different places. Well, I don't have that as much in front of me as I should. Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, Manitou around 315 and Glassford around 320. So it's going to be hitting those areas here just within the next couple of minutes. It's the same uh, cell of storms I was telling you about uh, during the forecast. That's also in in central Fulton County. And it's uh, there are no other watches or warnings, so this is going to be kind of an isolated incident when it uh, and it's fast when moving. it hits you. And it, well, not that fast moving if it's at 40 miles per hour. Some of the gotcha. storms of last week were moving much quicker than that, okay. but uh, it I'd... will it still has the capability of producing some damage. Dan Diorio is checking in with me via text and saying because uh, I told him he could jump on at 3:30 and give us a live uh, weather co- uh, forecast, and he goes, "Ah, by 3:30 this will be over." Um, so that's Dan's uh, opinion on it too. <laughs> hail threat is radar indicated. Max hail size is one inch. A wind threat radar indicated max wind gust 60 miles per hour, as we said. Yeah, Uh, those are all radar indicated, so that basically means that we haven't seen, haven't had any officially spotted severe weather, but it's certainly possible. Yes. There's a whole lot of uh, rain, it looks like, to the north and to the south of here, but it's a little more isolated in this area right now. And it looks like the biggest part of this storm is now officially over the Canton area. I'm just watching the radar right now, and it's moving uh, somewhat quickly. That's about a 15, 20-minute period of time where it got from Lewistown to being over Canton, so Mm -hmm. it'll probably be over Peoria and our surrounding areas, Tazewell County, et cetera, in the next uh, 15 minutes or so, uh, but we'll see, and we'll keep you yeah. updated on all things severe weather. Not as organized of a severe weather event as you might think, but um, sure. at least uh, since there were no other watches or warnings, again, this is kind of an isolated thing we're right. looking at. All right, and we will, as I said, continue to cover that as it starts to hit the area. But as we have a few minutes here, uh, why don't we also talk about Red, White, and Boom. Uh, Carl Health's Red, White, and Broom brought home by Adam Merrick Real Estate. It was a lot of fun to do the broadcast. Oh, yeah. I had a very good time. Did you have a good time? I had a good time. The sun awesome. was for a while beating right down on my face, which yeah. was not pleasant, uh, but one, uh, that's okay. One insider thing, I showed up at like noon because uh, I wanted to set up my own equipment early. I brought a bunch of audio <laughs> equipment. I wanted to try to goose the, the um, broadcast, and uh, sometimes when you goose things, you also uh, take steps backward you don't intend to take, uh, but I showed up, and it was just a blank stage. There was nothing on it. Uh, there was nothing around. Oops. I texted some people, and I was like, hey. Um, what uh, do I need to do here? <laughs> it was a version of that. I was like, what do I need to do? And the answer I got back was, oh, stuff. And so I started to do stuff. A uh, Rick Hirschman, who is probably the, the hardest working man in show business, the most deserving of a shot at the end of that. I know a lot of us do a lot of work. I know a bunch of people oh, put, sure. put all kinds of hours and stress and things into it. Um, but Rick Hirschman seems like a dude that puts out the most fires out of any of the fires that crop up. And so he was climbing on stuff. And, and he at doesn't one point. really get mad either, no. which is, uh, no, which it's is a better quality than I have. Yes. So Rick deserves a, a thousand shout outs because he did help us stage it. And then I started doing all the equipment. Um, we uh, had some issues with checking uh, the audio equipment uh, as early as we should have, uh, which you probably noticed if you listened to the early parts of the broadcast. But we got it together and mm-hmm. we uh, hung out for several hours with you. 
Uh, very, very happy with the end product of a lot of it. You got a complimentary corn dog you did not eat. I did get a complimentary corn dog I did not eat. It was way too much ketchup on that corn dog, uh, even though it did look delicious. And I guess Betty ate the whole thing. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. Next thing I, I handed it off to Betty, and the next thing I knew, it disappeared. She doesn't let food go to waste. Uh, Betty will push herself to eat anything as long as it's, uh, you know, uh, waste lo- or her. <laughs> she looked at me and said, would you like help with that, Will? And yeah, I just handed it off to her. The next yeah. thing I know, it's gone. So I want to do a little bit. I want to play a little bit of our coverage. And again, oh, we might geez. interrupt at some point with um, uh, the weather if it gets uh, severe enough for us to go to uh, coverage of that. But this is part of what it sounded like when we did the thing that everybody talked about. Uh, Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins uh, talked about how they didn't have, I think Markley said, uh, the, the skills. Uh, I'm, I'm not putting words in his mouth. I think he said something like that uh, to do that. Um, and talked about how he did a parade one time, and it didn't go that well, <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny. I heard uh, Greg and Dan talk about it at least uh, once uh, yesterday morning and how they thought it would be hilarious. Uh, we got a lot of messages from listeners that enjoyed it, and so here is what it sounded like. The fireworks are really going off very close to us, as you'll be able to tell. A tremendous explosion across the sky um, as <laughs> several different fireworks hung toward the bottom of the skyline and all blew up together, yes. which is amazing. That was as close to oops all boom I'm ever going to get. A lot of greens turning into reds here, uh, then toward the bottom, it looks like we're looking at uh, a water fountain, or, or what am I thinking of? Yeah, Greg? a few different uh, water spouts shooting up into the sky that it's just have uh, shiny right gold yeah. spirals, um, which is very, very cool, as we have a giant blue firework, a nice our Peoria skyline. It might be the support, the uh, salute to public works portion of our program <laughs> here right now. Uh, look, I love this. I, I'm, I'm so down to do this again. Here's uh, what a year. water main break looks like in fireworks See, exactly. form. At, at one point, I described <laughs> the fireworks that kind of like shoot off in all directions as a uh, shopping cart that's trying to flee a grocery store. <laughs> Uh, which was fun to say. Uh, you dropped fruity pebbles. I really that that was probably my best work right there, describing <laughs> the fireworks in the sky as being right. fruity pebbles. Yes, all different kinds of pouring into a bowl, <laughs> spreading the bowl out. Um, we got messages from a ton of listeners, as I said, that loved it. Uh, there was even one person that said that they were blind um, and that they've never uh, heard uh, a firework play by play before, and that they were so thrilled. I'm trying to find the exact text to hear it from us because. Yeah. Uh, especially, uh, they said you uh, helped paint the picture with the Fruity Pebbles references. Well, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Exactly, so that um, they really enjoyed uh, the forecast. Uh, Lull fireworks play-by-play is what someone else just shot in. <laughs> I might play more of this uh, throughout the show. Uh, but, yes, we had one listener say that I'm blind. Uh, her name is Patty. She lives in Pekin. And she said, to Craig and Will, please tell them that they are doing an awesome job of describing <laughs> the fireworks because I can picture it in my head. You guys are awesome, and you crack me up. Those were our goals. We, was, we hit all the goals. I was especially grateful that there were a bunch of uh, fruity pebbles like fireworks, and then there seemed <laughs> to be like a bowl that came up in the sky that yeah. they were all put in. That's true. I guess. some milk after that. Uh, by the way, uh, the unofficial score from only one texter who decided to keep a score gave me 150 points uh, for the evening uh, for using a lot of um, words that you don't but hear you every day. you cheated because you used I... a bunch of words in succession once, <laughs> and that is not fair. I did it three not times. Not fair, sir. I did it three times. Um, Still not fair. True. But I did give all the cheat sheets to all of us. We yeah, were all staring true. at the cheat sheet the entire time. I could have just kept it for myself. Uh, I think that um, score at one point was 25 points for you, 
26 points for quartermaster Eric Thurman uh, from the VFW in <laughs> Peoria Heights. 25 points? No, but they God, upped your I score. Suck. No, hold on. They upped your score toward the tail end, and they said that Will fe- ends with 50. So you came in second. I think I stuck at 150. Of course and then, you did. Uh, our quartermaster, who was very kind to jump in and be a third uh, voice on a microphone because we had some people get sick last minute that yeah. we expected to be there and stuff. Uh, but it, it was a blast. I, I had a great time. Eric and I didn't as, mean the blast as a, as a pun. But I, I described Eric as being like if we were broadcasting a high school football game, sure. he was like the former high school football coach <laughs> that was the third man in the booth. Yes, yes it was fun. <laughs> Uh, there was a point where Betty described the fireworks as in fuego. In um, fuego, yeah. And then uh, Elias, uh, a eight-year-old guy who we've gotten to know because he's the uh, son of someone uh, that works across the street from us, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, who runs Cultured Grounds, I think said that my eyes are burning. <laughs> One point. <laughs> he's well, we kidding. He smiled he liked, when he said it. We're at, we asked him if yeah. he liked the fireworks, and then he said his eyes were burning. He did, yeah. But then at the end of the fireworks display, <laughs> I asked him how he liked it, and he said that was amazing. That was great. I so, do love enjoy yeah. the. Uh, I do love the smell of post-fireworks sulfur. So, no, um, you know. I'm, I'm game, man. And I, I think that some people might ask us to move further away from the fireworks, maybe to have less gnat sound. I want to be further in. I want to go all the way in to the barge if I can, which I asked uh, Mike Wilde, our boss, about, and he said no once again. But I'm, I'm going to break them. Eventually, think, it's going to Well, happen. I don't know. The fire department and the Office of Homeland Security might have something <laughs> to say about that, especially if they find out about your yeah. alleged mafia yeah. ties. Uh, that's true. Uh, well, I'm, I'm fairly vocal about them. Uh, my grandmother left. <laughs> So um, um, let me say this, though. I, I really do genuinely thank everybody that allowed us to do that. Um, Mike Wilde is the guy that came to me with the idea. He goes, hey, there's some reasons. We'd want to do some things differently on our talk stations. So we were on Freedom, Will. We both made our debut That's what on I was Freedom. Told, yeah. Yep. Um, and I it's said. Uh, us and Sean Hannity now on Freedom. Yeah, I said, sure. And then I actually <laughs> said, can I bring some of my equipment that I have at home that I, I do some other broadcasts with? And he said, yes. And maybe they regret that decision now. But I'll goose it. I'll fix it. When you when you trailblaze, uh, you, you hit speed bumps uh, sometimes. But I, I think next year we just need to run about a quarter of a mile of cord in a straight <laughs> line back here to Civic Center Plaza. Yes. And that will solve everything. That will solve a lot of problems. Yeah. No, we can we can <laughs> fix some technical stuff. Um, but, um, again, thank you to Mike Wilde. Thank you to Rick Hirschman. Thank you to Caleb Kelch for helping out and being mm-hmm. a part of it. Uh, thank you to you. Oh, uh, sure. Thank you to my wife, Betty for doing as much as she did yesterday. Uh, Eric, the quartermaster from Peoria Heights, hung out, uh, did a lot of stuff for us, too. Provided the Betty baskets you gave away. Two Betty baskets, yes. Uh, There was an engineer uh, that was doing stuff for everybody. uh, Well, actually, two engineers that said they were on the run from the law, so they couldn't give me their names. (laughs) But they helped move some stuff around, which was very nice uh, of them to do for us, too, even Mm -hmm. including, like, um, using uh, drills to screw and unscrew stuff. Um, But it was, all in all, a really fun time, and I hope anyone who chose to listen to any part of it could tell that I had a blast. I think you had a blast. I think a lot of us had a really good time. Um, Technical issues aside, uh, it was definitely uh, a lot of fun, and I willingly, I'll say this right now on the the radio, whether they want it or not, I I willingly would do it again uh, next year. I'd be thrilled to do it. I should note, uh, we just got in the severe thunderstorm warning that our area has been canceled, apparently. The only warning in the state is up near Chicagoland, where a lot of the... uh, Northern half of the rain is going right now, but right now, no more warnings in our area. Uh, 309 just texted, you brought the thunder during the red, white, and boom play-by-play. Thank you, sir. We tried. <laughs> we brought the boom. You, <laughs> wow, most people whoa. would think it would be the whoa. fireworks, but I think we, bought, yeah. we brought the yeah. boom. Let's not go that far. Uh, I'm going to rope you into one um, news story, and All then right. I'll let you go, Will. Uh, cocaine was found at the White House. When, when you read that story, as a guy that's done news for a while, what is your reaction 
to cocaine at the White House. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. Regardless of, as you were saying before 3 o'clock, and it, that it would be convenient or at least com- comical to suggest that it was Hunter Biden. Correct. I he was read a camp that David. story yesterday, and I thought to myself, I can't believe this. Yeah, it, it seems in like... In a world where something unusual and out of the norm uh, seems to happen every day, this was the latest of those, and that just kind of threw me back a little. Yeah, well, um, and even more so, the fact that the son of the president is a guy who wrote a book about having a cocaine addiction, it makes it, um, you know, a unique kind of thing where the Vegas odds are that it is uh, Hunter Biden's cocaine. I'm not but, saying the yeah. Vegas people know anything, but the betting odds right now uh, give the, the highest favorite to uh, Hunter forgot some stuff on the trip to Camp David. Well, the latest uh, now is that uh, sources are telling at least Reuters that it was found in a cubby hole in a <laughs> West Wing entry area oh, man. where visitors place electronics and other belongings before taking tours. So gotcha. apparently it might have been somebody, somebody wanted to go through the White House and wanted yeah. uh, wanted to have co- a nice uh, little bit of cocaine well, as a refreshment or, afterwards. Or maybe it's a it's a setup and they wanted it to be found and they wanted all the things to be done. Who that, knows? It, um, it could be, but it's just yeah. the 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 most recent unusual thing in a world of unusual things. Yes. Uh, by the way, I, I got cut off in my thank yous. Thank you to Julia Bradley. Thank yeah, you to TJ yeah. Carson, uh, who both hung out and were a part of the show for a while. I heard uh, Julia, um, you know, joking a little bit around about her experience uh, there yesterday. The step thing was not my fault. The fact that we didn't have a step up to the stage. Yeah, that step killed my knees. Yeah, man. that that <laughs> it made a lot of people have to struggle, and I, I didn't. I don't know why that happened, but there are some things uh, that I know we can easily fix uh, next year. But thank you to all of you guys in the news. Room. If we all got our own personal golf carts, we wouldn't have great. any of yeah, this problem. That's true. Uh, thank you to Mike Sable, who was yeah. at the studio and trying to figure out every human way uh, to do stuff. If you are willing to do it again uh, next year, it will be fun to listen to you, too. Uh, that is uh, Judy. She said she would be thrilled uh, to hear us again. She'll be tuning in. If we do, I, I'm down. I don't know if the powers that be I will ask, but I'm I'm in. Um, and, uh, yeah, we can figure out all different ways to goose it. We'll just talk about it next June next year, and, we'll, and they'll yeah. forget that we did it this year. Well, here's we'll the other thing. Again. Here's the other thing. We can, we can theater of the mind this thing and do it, um, you know, the day before in the studio here where the audio is perfectly clear and have some fake, like, firework bursts behind us. Yeah, had I Let's done play that. Yeah, had we done more uh, <laughs> rehearsal or research right. of fireworks terminology, this would, it would have been that much better. I don't know. I mean, when you <laughs> – uh, well, let me say it this way. When so you, what you're saying is, is all we need is a thesaurus again. No, what, what I'm saying is when you use terms that nobody knows, because not a lot of people have an encyclopedic knowledge of, of firework terms. Shells, mortars. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily enhance the broadcast. Um, you know, there's a few of those words that we probably should have used. But if you dive too deep, uh, you're doing the thing where you're talking about, like, you know, medical stuff uh, the way a medical person would. And I think people start to not understand what you're yeah, saying. How many times can I go, oh, look, there's more sparkles in the air? <laughs> Apparently a lot, I oh, will tell yeah. you. Well, that's <laughs> have, why I only got 25 points. Have, now you oh, got no, 50. 50. You got that's 50. Right. Yeah, you, you scored a lot of points late. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, uh, thank you, Will. Late score. I've heard that before. <laughs> thank you, Will, for all that. Thank you, everybody who listened and participated via text. And uh, can't wait to do it next year on the Spirit of Peoria Max, uh, my rowboat, because that's that's what I'm begging for. Uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. We will hear from Mike Wilde at some point later on in the show. Uh, he is the boss here to give us a, a one last wrap up of um, Carl Health's Red, White and Boom brought home by Adam Merrick Real Estate. Uh, I had a great time. <laughs> so selfishly, uh, that's what I'd like to say about Red, White and Boom. Uh, but thank you very much to all of our sponsors, all of the people who help 
I'll put that thing on. All of the um, emergency first responders, uh, everybody that was around. The robot um, for the police department was really cool. Uh, but there, there were so many different things uh, that made this year even more special than in years past, uh, including what I heard was a really great syncing up of music on all our music stations uh, to the uh, Red, White, and Boom fireworks display. And I, I must say, uh, we also sunk ourselves up quite well on the um, talk stations because we just were talking about what was going on. All right, let's play this. You know what's funny about these things, and I like to play these sort of things a lot, is our president just sort of sits there, smiles and smirks a little bit sometimes as reporters just shout questions at him as they get shoved out of rooms. And I wonder what the thinking is of the reporters going in. You know, like they're all ready with their question. They all talk at the same time. It is a mess. It would be hard to pick out and answer any question. Uh, some of the questions, of course, um, thrown at Biden were about cocaine uh, that was found at the White House, which is a real story. That's an actual story that exists in the world. Uh, here's a little bit of what that sounded like. All right, everybody, everybody, everyone, yeah. everyone to come this way, please. Everyone, please come towards the door. Please come this way. Mr. President, how important is it for the U.S. You know what they should do? Uh, they should just put like noise canceling headphones on Biden's head because he's not answering any of those questions. Our president is not uh, caring what you're saying. So they should just go like the full passive aggressive route that some people go sometimes if they're annoyed with you on public transit or something. Just whip out the set of Bose headphones or whatever sponsorship you want it to be. Put those on and seem to be jamming out to music as people get shoved into that room because he ain't answering questions. He isn't talking about any of the things out there that feel like they are valuable things for us to know about. And um, I got to say one other thing, and I, I definitely mean this. Um, it is interesting when you think about the way in which past presidents, and co including, of course, uh, former President Trump, uh, crapped all over the media, uh, said how bad the media was at their job, called them all fake news. I don't know if that's better or worse than silent treatment move in the world of politician and media. I'm, I'm genuinely asking the question, and I'd love the answer or your, um, your th thinking on the answer, uh, because it's sort of like when you're in a fight with somebody, especially a loved one, especially somebody you care about, and they either, like, let you have it, they blow up and they tell you all the things that they're mad about, and at least you know where you stand. At least you understand where the anger is coming from. You can evaluate it. You can think about it. You can figure out what you agree with, what you disagree with, as opposed to silent treatment. Silent treatment is always something I hate more. I talk a lot. I talk way too much. I talk very fast. I know all the things you can say about me. I, I laugh too much. It is what it is. If you're just quiet around me, that drives me crazy in the world of my wife, in the world of my loved ones. It doesn't bother me as much in the world of other people because, well, uh, you know, you can just keep going on and living that life. Uh, but I think that is one thing that I would say is a way in which the current president of the United States does disrespect the media way more uh, than we seem to talk about. All right, I want to play uh, something totally different because um, I just I just like this a lot. I just think it's kind of funny. Uh, of course, the 4th of July yesterday uh, is tied to the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, Joey Chestnut won again, uh, dropped 60-something, 60 uh, 62 hot dogs. Uh, that's not his record best. His record best is 76. I saw an article about how many meat sweats he has. 
uh, after he competes in any of these things, uh, which I find uh, very amusing. Here's a little bit of what it sounds like, though, when Joey Chestnut wins uh, the hot dog eating contest after a rain delay that they thought actually canceled the whole thing. So you know what? Actually, here, I'll play uh, the after uh, the event um, sound when Joey Chestnut is saying that it was a roller coaster, it was an up and down sort of thing, and eventually they decide to go, and he's still, of course, the goat of eating uh, hot dogs, ready to do this thing and ready to win. Uh, here's how he talked about the victory. What a ro- roller coaster emotionally. They told us it was canceled. We weren't sure if we were going to eat today. Everybody got messed up, and it affected me, but uh, I feel great. I'm just happy. Uh, it's 4th of July, and I got, I got to eat some hot dogs and get a win. <laughs> I got leftover room, so I'll be having some beers later. See, that's the great attitude, man. Uh, that's how I felt at the end of Red, White, and Boom, is I got to hang out and talk into the radio uh, microphone for several hours and then watch fireworks literally as close as I could possibly get to them, uh, which was awesome. Uh, but yes, he dropped 62, as I said, 39 years old. Joey Jaws Chestnut is definitely the goat in the world of eating hot dogs. Uh, But on uh, ESPN, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, uh, a former New York radio broadcaster that I I like a lot. I liked Mike and the Mad Dog a lot uh, growing up as a kid, uh, said that this isn't a sport. That's not an athlete. This is ridiculous. He went down a a rabbit hole of his own. Here's a little bit of how Mad Dog Russo discussed Joey Chestnut. Does anybody care about Joey Chestnut eating a hot dog? <laughs> this is ridiculous. And now we're going to debate whether Joey's an athlete. Down that. Uh, I mean, are we, are we serious here? I mean, I wouldn't watch that if it was in my backyard. I draw the blinds. <laughs> that is the biggest waste of time. I can't believe this wonderful network put me on on July 4th. I'll work. I get you five hours. <laughs> Enough of eating hot dogs, 62 of them, and then we're going to sit there and we're going to claim that is this a sport or not? It is not a sport. And it's disgusting to look at. It's just hot dogs in. I can't even the newspapers jump on this. I understand it's a quiet day. We can't write about Lillard for the nine billionth time. I understand it. But this is ridiculous. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Mad Dog uh, definitely went uh, Mad Dog all over that. I love that he volunteered to do five hours on uh, TV on the 4th of July. He is more than welcome, uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo, to dust off his radio chops and be a part of our Red, White, and Boom uh, broadcast next year um, and uh, do the radio play-by-play for the fireworks all by himself because uh, that sounds miraculous. Uh, that sounds amazing. All right, uh, one more thing uh, before a break. Uh, the weather is uh, at its most severe uh, directly over our broadcast location uh, in downtown Peoria. Uh, but any of those warnings have kind of gone away, so we will keep you updated on all things uh, weather-related if something uh, more um, significant comes back. Uh, but right now that storm is moving through the downtown Peoria area, uh, likely to be completely through that area and into the northern part of our, our broadcast um, um, range uh, in the next, say, 15 to 20 minutes. A quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the first thing that I think is a pretty interesting, pretty crazy uh, video or audio that's out there in the world is a um, bit of crash audio uh, that exists. Now, both people are totally fine. Uh, this is a father and a son. A dad is teaching his kid how to drive a car. Uh, I wonder who taught you how to drive. Uh, I was raised by a single mom, so actually I was enrolled at a school at my high school uh, that taught me how to drive over the summer. And they had the cool, like, double car, the one that has a brake and a steering wheel on both sides. So I do something real stupid, and they can take over. They can fix it for me. Uh, When you teach somebody in your own vehicle, uh, not the case. So the scary part of this audio is that the car actually flipped over. 
So the kid is driving. He hits a pothole. He swerves to um, avoid the rest of the pothole and then winds up catching uh, a little bit of a ascending wall, kind of a, a staircase style wall, uh, just sitting uh, in front of someone's yard. And it flips the car. Again, they're both fine. But the audio, especially the tail end of this audio, is something I find amusing, fascinating. Thank God they're okay. Uh, but here's a little bit of what it sounds like when you're teaching your son how to drive and you wind up uh, flipped over and needing to dial 911. We'll go around behind Kroger so you don't have to deal with all Ooh, there's a big hole right there. Stop, stop, stop! That part is very, very scary. Here we continue. Oh, Jesus, Sam, are you okay? Holy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my first favorite line, is the kid doesn't say anything until they're flipped over on the side. Again, they're both fine. They're both okay. They both say they're okay. They get checked by paramedics, and they're okay. But this is my first favorite line in this audio. Holy Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was a good one. That was tough. And this dad, by the way, wins every award for calmness and not exploding at his kid who is learning how to drive when they are sitting in a roadway completely on the side of the um, side as far as the car goes. Okay, buddy. So what now? I don't know. Turn the car off. I love that, too. All right. All right. Are you hurt? Um, I don't think so. I'm good. I don't think I can open the door. No. Um, should I call 911? Yeah. <laughs> that is my second favorite part of the audio, because there's that moment, I imagine, for a parent, if you uh, ever went through something like that, and thank God uh, not many people do, where there's relief that you're okay, that your kid's okay. Uh, a dramatic thing happened, uh, but everybody's fine, or at least seems to be fine. And as I said, they were totally fine. And then he goes, can, should I call 911? You can hear all the levels of emotion coming out of pop. You can hear the, yeah, I didn't expect this. The, yeah, we need to do that. And also the, thank God we're okay, sigh. All in one word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're totally fine, as I said. And um, probably the lessons will start at some point soon. And he will get a unique award. Uh, it'll be told to every one of his girlfriends. Uh, for the rest of his life, uh, that he flipped the car while trying to learn how to drive the car. It'll come up from relatives, from immediate family. It'll be described constantly. It reminded me of something that happened um, when I was younger. Uh, I, I think I was 18. I think my mom actually reminded me of this a little earlier today. And uh, I had showed my brother, who was 15, 14 at the time, how to drive once for all of five minutes. I thought I was an expert. I thought I knew stuff. As I said, we were raised by a single mom, so I kind of thought it was my responsibility at some t point to teach my little brother. So I pulled into a church parking lot. I let him get behind the wheel. He slowly, very slowly, like five miles an hour, drove directly toward a trash um, a can, uh, kind of a, a trash uh, thing, a whole big giant one. Dumpster is the word I was looking for. And eventually I told him to stop. And I told him to stop, and then I just jumped over and put my foot on the, uh, the brake. And then I told him, all right, man, let's stop. Let's not do this again. And I, he got out. And that one experience of not driving very well uh, made my brother confident enough that on my prom night, when I borrowed my mom's nicer car uh, to take my date to prom, he stole my car. Joy, rided it, or Joy rode it around our neighborhood and had a buddy of his um, hop in the car with him. Thank God he's okay. Thank God he's fine. My mom chased the car down like some sort of superhero at one point, I am told. I wasn't there. I don't know. Uh, but eventually uh, pulls over, gets pulled out of the car, asks why it all happened. The brother immediately blames me. 
The other kid that's his friend disappeared into the night. I'm not sure if we've ever seen that kid again at any point. I think he's been gone forever. And then I get a phone call that morning uh, because I stayed with a bunch of friends. We did a whole like lake house thing. And um, uh, she tells me that I need to come home right away. My brother stole my car. And it seemed like it was really my fault. And I barely showed him how to drive and did not intend for him to go uh, rogue on his own. But, yeah, I don't know. Something about that audio just reminded me of that and made me think how funny that is. Uh, Millennials are the biggest liars of all generations, according to a new survey. I sort of love this. Uh, I think that a lot of uh, younger people are probably people who do two things. Uh, They exaggerate a lot, and I think they avoid conflict a lot. And when you avoid conflict, sometimes you just lie to people's faces. Uh, You should tell them the truth uh, if you care about them, uh, but you don't. Uh, You just look them in the face and you do the exact opposite. And not that other generations don't do that, too. But I think if I'm trying to specifically blame uh, my generation, as this uh, survey does, or younger generations, I do think that um, being conflict-averse is a uniquely uh, worse thing than it ever used to be. Two percent of baby boomers are thought to lie as as consistently as uh, millennials. Thirteen percent. Uh, millennials actually admit to being dishonest at least once every single day. Uh, Gen Z and Gen X uh, came in at about 5%, uh, again, admitting to doing that. Uh, Gen Z a little bit higher up than um, uh, Gen X, a little bit lower than 5 and a little bit higher than 5 for the two generations. And as I said, only 2%. But 13% of millennials are like, oh, yeah, I do that. Also, a quarter, about a quarter, 23% of millennials and one in five Gen Zers say they have lied on social media this year to impress people. Uh, and yes, I think that's where that comes from. I think the the exaggerating, the version of uh, pretending your life is so great on social media, uh, that is certainly something that younger people, especially Gen Z, uh, raised on social media uh, would be uh, one to do, probably plays a factor there. Another thing uh, about generations that I thought was interesting is it says here that the younger generations, uh, specifically Gen Z, are trying to outlaw a thing uh, that you might do with your phone. Index finger uh, scrolling on your phone. They say it looks old. They say only old people do it. That's what the survey says of younger people. Uh, So um, um, they refuse uh, to do that sort of scrolling anymore. Index scrolling is the best scrolling. I do it a lot, uh, not because I think I'm old, because you have more control. Uh, the thumb version of scrolling, I'm scrolling on my phone right now as I do this. The thumb version, you don't have as much as much ability, man. Uh, the, the index finger's the way to go. And I love the fact that they're uh, making fun of those and saying that those who do it are people that are somehow screwing something up. Uh, but it, it just seems like a really petty thing uh, to be reacting to in the first place. Uh, the lights are flickering inside the uh, studio here on the 12th floor of the Civic Center Plaza as rain uh, covers all of the uh, windows around me. So uh, definitely the storm is now directly over uh, the downtown Peoria area where we are located. Um, I saw this story, too, and we'll break in if anything feels as though it's severe and significant enough in the world of weather. But I think all of the the warnings we had have, have been canceled. Uh, I thought this was interesting. Uh, one of my favorite places on social media on a Reddit is am I the jerk or am I the bleep is what I actually say, the A word. And someone goes on, they tell a story, they say something that happened, and then they ask who the jerk is. Is it me or is it somebody else? And this one just, it, I really enjoyed it. So it's a guy that said that he paid extra for a fancy seat on a plane. He said a wider seat on a plane. He sat down next to a mom and a kid. Uh, the kid was playing with glitter, and the glitter was getting everywhere. He called the child Glitter Godzilla. And he said that he was trying to visually complain, trying to look at the mom and be like, hey, 
It's a lot of glitter. It's getting on me. I have a business meeting or something I'm going to. I need this glitter to not be on me. And the mom didn't care. And then at some point toward the end of the flight, when the mom had realized just how upset this guy was, uh, she apparently gave him her own dirty looks as she exited the plane. But I do have to side with the dude on this. Uh, If you have someone that's sort of bedazzling uh, your clothing without your uh, willingness to do it because they're playing with glitter, uh, and glitter has been described by some stand-up comedians as the herpes of craft supplies, uh, meaning it's hard to get rid of, uh, I find this very interesting and very much say that the jerk is uh, the mom that doesn't uh, discipline her kid, that doesn't say, hey – uh, you're getting all of your, uh, you know, messy art project on this nice, kind man uh, sitting next to us. Uh, maybe sit over here. Maybe do this different. Maybe not glitter the entire plane. I also imagine the uh, flight attendants who had to clean up after them were not exactly thrilled with what was going on there. But I just love it. And a whole bunch of the people who reacted on on Reddit, on social media, on am I the jerk or am I the bleep, uh, agreed with me. They said that glitter is a unique thing. If the kid was just, like, drawing or doing something And some of that might have uh, been spilling over somehow. I don't know exactly how. It would not be anywhere near as bad as something that, as I said, is very, very difficult to get rid of all of it. And the last thing you want to do is, like, show up at home and have the wife think you went to a strip club or something. I feel like that's the other alternative to all of this, just being covered in glitter uh, because a kid on a plane uh, was playing with it way too, way too crazy. All right, we'll take a break. As I said, anything and everything in the world stripper dust is what I just got a text from. Uh, from Thank you, uh, sir, from someone uh, that listens to the show every single day. Uh, we'll go to Will with some news. If there's any sort of uh, weather-related stuff, I'm sure they'll cover that too. Uh, and a lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, one of the biggest stories in the news today, I guess, is the Biden administration being asked to, um, you know, cool it in the world of asking or telling uh, social media what to do. Uh, a judge has decided to inform the government uh, that they should do less of that, a whole lot less of that, almost none of that, uh, and says that it's a freedom of speech issue. I want to play some audio. I think this is uh, CNN specifically talking about this and how they're saying that this is yet another decision, uh, granted not by the Supreme Court, uh, but by a judge. Um, to try to have activist or aggressive, uh, far-reaching rules. I, those are all the words they're going to say. I will play it. One of their experts on their panel uh, discusses this. And then I have a genuine, like, genuine question. Instead of trying to shape this topic to you today, I'm actually much more interested in you telling me, uh, and you can do that by texting me, how this isn't a thing where freedom of speech does kind of matter and it's not necessarily good uh, for the government to have uh, the amount of access that it seemed to have to influence what is and isn't on social media platforms, what, um, you know, does and doesn't get a wide ranging reach on said platforms. There's a lot of egg on people's faces in the world and how you censored things even during COVID uh, that now other studies have shown was uh, much more in the world of wet mask wearing and all that stuff, uh, much more debatable uh, than we were knowing uh, than we were being led to believe and certainly than social media was allowing people to say uh, for quite some time but first here is how cnn describes what they think is a horrible decision by another judge Uh, i think they say a trump appointed judge although to point out uh, the judge was approved almost unanimously by both democrats and republicans so I, i don't know if that means as much as you want it to mean in the world of appointed. And actually, I'll even play that part of the intro because they do say that on CNN, too, that this judge was appointed by Trump, but approved by a vast majority of uh, Congress. Uh, 
yes, this is a Trump-appointed judge, but this judge was confirmed 98 to 0 by the Senate. Just reading the words in this injunction, a, quote, massive effort by the defendants to suppress speech based on content, those are the judge's words, calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is <laughs> astonishing to me. OK, hold on. I got to stop right there. So there's this other take out there that I'm probably going to play audio for a little bit later on uh, that says that Ron DeSantis is much worse than Donald Trump. And the reason why he's much worse, and I think this is MSNBC, I don't think this is CNN uh, that said this over the last couple of days, is because he might do something and use the Constitution uh, to get some of the agenda things he would want done uh, to actually succeed if, if DeSantis were to win uh, the presidency. Now, by the way, even Vegas thinks that's unlikely. They're actually giving better odds to Gavin Newsom uh, to win the presidency uh, than to uh, Ron DeSantis, and Newsom is not running. Uh, for that office, at least as far as we know. Uh, but I do find that interesting because saying that someone could effectively utilize the Constitution to get something done in our country, that, that feels that feels as though there's value in like it's not a fringe thing. It's not a far right. The Constitution can't be considered far right. That would be scary if it, it started to be considered that. And the same holds true here uh, when he's saying that the judge is doing ridiculous referencing of people like Ben Franklin and George Washington or whoever it was here. I'll back it up in the audio to see what other historical figures he mentions. But those are like weird names to tie to far right or whatever you want to call it, uh, controversy. That, that seems odd to me. It shouldn't be that way. If the decision is to you something that's very far to one side of the aisle, it would seem less powerful to say that some of the people that they're quoting and making this decision are, are founding father people unless we consider all them to be uh, far-right people now, too. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day -day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. All right, a few quick questions here. And genuinely, go ahead, challenge my stance here. Tell me I'm far right. Tell me I'm in that job. Please, I would, I would love to have this conversation with you. And I beg you to pay attention to the nuance of it, uh, which is sometimes tricky to do. Uh, first and foremost, when you say that a judge is trying to micromanage the day-to-day -day interactions between several branches of the executive branch of our government, several different, um, you know, subsections of it and social media. My first question is, why are they talking that much? Why are they communicating uh, that often on that many issues? Doesn't that in and of itself kind of seem worrisome? Uh, but the real thing, I think the thing that matters more than anything else, and I think right now it is much more of a left-leaning mindset to say than a right-leaning mindset to say, controlling the information you have access to for your own good. That's, that's the way the left says it. That's the way CNN, MSNBC, whoever it is says it. They tell you on a daily basis that they're pretty sure anyone that's voting against Democrats is stupid. Anyone that thinks any of the things that are said on social media or anywhere else 
and they believe them to be true is an idiot. They're a moron. That's the stance when you're saying we have to uh, basically block all of this information from being put out on any of these platforms uh, at all. Uh, where is the version of saying, whether you're on one side or the other side of any argument, that what you actually want to do is better educate people by reacting to whatever the position is and disproving it somehow, uh, as opposed to just ignoring it and blocking it and trying to remove it from our society, uh, that makes no sense. And I'll go even a step further, uh, since the references to COVID and everything were out there, I think anyone that just shows to follow the information they were finding on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else as far as what they should or shouldn't do in the world of uh, COVID, the vaccine, mask wearing, any of that, was making a grave mistake. And we should be talking about how that's probably not the best way uh, to figure out what you should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, you should probably be talking to, and I said this for a while on my show, uh, back when it was a thing we talked about more, uh, talking to a medical professional you trust. Uh, maybe if you grew up and have the same doctor for a long time, having an honest conversation with that person, bringing whatever research you find in social media, that's fine, uh, to a person that has uh, maybe an understanding that's different than you and trying to actually suss out those details. Uh, that, to me, is what a lot of intelligent people uh, may have done uh, during COVID. Uh, but if you just allowed – it's the same thing I make fun of with, like, young people, uh, with millennials, my generation, uh, so that is self-hate, or with um, the Gen Z generation – when they do a trend that goes viral on social media that is inherently dangerous or criminal, uh, like just screwing up their, their schools, uh, that stuff we make fun of. That stuff is, is hive mind stupidity, uh, and it should be made fun of. It should be outed because you want less of it to happen in our society, and the same should hold true for anything else. Uh, you shouldn't need to remove information, any information, uh, from uh, the public's ability to access it to try to make sure – because here's, here's what I'll, I'll really say. And this is the last point I want to make on this. And again, please, anyone that wants to text in and say I'm a far-right nut job, uh, please listen to the nuance uh, if you don't mind. Um, uh, what I think is, is most important in all of the different versions of censor this, don't censor that, uh, try to do this, try not to do that, and just demeaning uh, your intelligence as, as a people is that it actually creates a lot of suspicion. Uh, the more that you try to remove things uh, that people might find later, and especially in the world of, of COVID and some of the information that's come out that does challenge some of the things we learned early on. Even doctors like Deborah Burke, uh, who we saw every day during COVID, in her own book wrote that there were things they overplayed, things they discussed that they knew were not true. This isn't me making that up. This isn't me saying it. Uh, look it up for yourself. See how she put it uh, when she said it herself. Uh, but those things create uh, the conspiracy theorist who believes that none of the information they're seeing anywhere in these vacuum places like a CN, CNN or an MSNBC is telling you the truth and they can't be trusted. It's because of the hiding. It's because of the lack of putting that information out there. It's because of cutting away from former President Trump when he gives a speech to people after covering an entire day of him um, you know, moving from place to place to go report to a courthouse to plead not guilty uh, to some sort of, um, you know, criminal federal accusation, whatever it might be. Uh, that's the stuff that emboldens those uh, that these uh, stations say they're trying to fight. And I'm not saying the people who, who feel a certain way are wrong. Uh, don't take me uh, that way. I'm not saying CNN is right. I'm just saying the, the desire to censor the conversation is the most harmful aspect of anyone believing anything you say, if anything you say is censored in some way, uh, shape or form, 
to prevent people from knowing certain things, and you're telling them that you're just providing them the news. You're just providing them information. Uh, you're not someone who's, uh, you know, giving opinion on uh, that information like I do, and I'm honest about that. I tell you I'm sharing my opinion on all the things I talk about so you know that this is my opinion on these topics. Uh, but if you do the opposite and then you, you want things limited and prevented from being out there, you're not making the world better. Uh, you're making more people curious as to why you're asking for all that information to go away. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, this is a weird thing that I just noticed. Uh, my Twitter page has almost been uh, destroyed, and I don't know how it happened. And I wonder if it's just if I logged in on a certain uh, thing and if I log in uh, elsewhere, it'll be different. But it looks like all of my followers, and I didn't have a whole bunch of followers, have been removed. And then uh, I have almost no um, um, actual. Uh, um, I have like ten, I think, things that I'm following now, and one of them is still Elon Musk. Oh no, okay, I've got it. I've got it to work again. Uh, depending on what machine I logged into, uh, my Twitter represented very different and strange stuff. Uh, Twitter's been doing a lot. Uh, recently. That's essentially the intro uh, to this segment. Uh, they've been limiting the amount of tweets uh, that you can see. Uh, there's something called the tweet deck that is going away, uh, which people in broadcasting like me sort of love because uh, you get a, a vast overview of a whole bunch of things that are up on Twitter, and it's an easy place to find uh, things like audio that I play every day on the show. Um, so some of the changes that Elon is making most recently, uh, which I think are all supposed to be temporary, are uniquely damaging to broadcasters. And I'm not complaining. That's not why I'm, I'm doing this on the air in this segment. What I'm fascinated by is the desire for many to uh, buy the service because they rely on Twitter so much uh, as a conduit to all of that different information. I haven't done it yet. I haven't bought it. I can find my stuff uh, other ways uh, so far, uh, as far as the show is concerned. But I do think it's interesting. that You limit the amount of stuff you can see, so you can't go searching through. Uh, and I think... What Elon is calling uh, what um, robots and stuff are doing on social media, sort of like uh, data scrubbing or data scraping uh, the platform. That's I don't think that's what uh, broadcasters do when they're looking for um, the audio of certain things to talk about. But again, I just find this sort of fascinating that it's it's happening this way and that things are being sort of limited and changed and and moved around. And they're they're likely to cause uh, the biggest amount of harm, not just to uh, Twitter super users, uh, but to organizations uh, that have like a whole bunch of producers or people uh, that might wind up paying for multiple accounts of something um, or uh, Twitter will fail. Uh, I don't know which one it is. A lot of people are saying they haven't had uh, a significant impact on um, their own lives or even, um, you know, their their Twitter lives. I should say their Twitter lives because their own lives, of course not. Uh, nobody has. Uh, but their Twitter lives uh, and probably a lot of people who don't use the platform at all don't care. Uh, but again, I think this is uniquely sort of targeting uh, organizations and groups that use uh, the platform uh, in the ways that Twitter has kind of been uh, great uh, for me and for others on to try to force people to buy. The biggest reason I don't want to buy is I don't have like a lot of followers, so I don't want the stupid blue check. I don't want it. I'm not looking for the stupid blue check mark. So I would almost pay for the service monthly uh, to get back access to more tweets, more information, uh, more ways to comb through a bunch of things all at once, and not because I want the stupid blue mark. I would still not not need that, want that, care about that. That status symbol, I think, I've, I've always thought uh, was pretty dumb. Uh, but just other stuff out there uh, kind of quickly uh, bouncing around, uh, stuff that I think is, is interesting and out there in the world. Um, as I said a little bit ago, Joey Chestnut won. 
on the 4th of July as far as the hot dog eating contest goes. Uh, there are some other 4th of July things out there. Uh, one of the ones that I thought was pretty shocking is the amount of people who don't know what we're celebrating on the 4th of July in the United States. I think they asked like 10,000 adults and way less than 50% got it right. Uh, and it's in the title. It seems like there's a hint built in there. Uh, celebrating Independence Day is also celebrating the Declaration of Independence, uh, which happened on July 4th, 1776. So we, we celebrate our declaration of being independent. Um, you know, it's not anything. And some people said uh, the organizing of the United States or the creation of the United States, uh, the birth of our country is a way you hear it said. Uh, that's that's not exactly right, although I would have counted some of that, uh, and these polls didn't, because uh, it's close enough in saying that we're independent, we're our own country. Uh, but again, I just thought that was kind of shocking and weird uh, that so few people uh, knew that. Uh, also out there, uh, this is uh, interesting. Uh, maybe a little bit of a Debbie Downer, uh, but let's go ahead and do it. Uh, there's a, a documentary filmmaker who's going to be making another serious movie. I say another because I think he's made one before about Barney, uh, but not like the slasher horror film you had about Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. Uh, this is more about 30-somethings who grew up on Barney. Uh, I did not grow up on Barney. I was a little old for that. I was more like watching a niece or nephew who'd watch it than watching it myself. And apparently how uh, disenchanted uh, uh, these people are or how disenfranchised are the, the feelings of, of disconnect with society uh, within this generation that exists. So it's, it's a really big, uh, serious uh, version of essentially blaming the teachings of Barney. I love you. You love me. Uh, let's all be a family or whatever he says as the reason why so many feel uh, disconnected or feel uh, left behind by society. It would be uh, so daring of us and really underscore that we're here to make art is what the documentary filmmaker uh, said in trying to demonstrate the dark side of uh, growing up on Barney. I don't know why we need these things, uh, in all honesty. I don't know why you got to do the the behind-the-music deep dive into how things are going. I don't know if we're going to find out that some of those kids that were actually like adult performers uh, were, you know, all kinds of different horrible things were going on in their lives. I have no idea. Uh, but just every part of this uh, seems to be unnecessary. Uh, probably will be overly exaggerated to make it sound uh, way worse. Um, I, I don't think you can blame Barney for any of the feelings of millennials, any of the feelings of, of Gen Z uh, out there in the world right now. I, I feel like that, that doesn't make sense, and yet this movie is coming out in the near future and going to make exactly that argument. Uh, I will probably not be watching it. I think I will eventually go see the Indiana Jones thing. I know that it hasn't done well at the box office. I think it had a pretty disastrous five-day total. But I love those movies as a kid. I love the first three of those movies a lot. Uh, the fourth one was Shia LaBeouf, not quite as good. Uh, but I've heard good things from people who've actually seen Indiana Jones. Uh, and so, uh, yes, sometimes there is too much of a good thing. And then sometimes there's not. Uh, sometimes maybe one more is exactly enough. Uh, but I'd also love to hear from you if you saw that movie over the weekend or if you plan on seeing that movie. Um, because, again, it's not doing terribly great at the box office. I don't think... Uh, the reviews of it are, are overwhelmingly, you know, positive or negative. I think it's kind of middle of the road, uh, but more so than any, any of that. Uh, if nostalgia uh, buttons are hit, I think I'm all in. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. Will's got the news. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I love when my wife uh, makes some time to jump on the show. A lot of people said hi to you yesterday at Red, White, and Boom 
A lot of people came up to you. There were a bunch of police officers uh, that introduced themselves to us, the engineer guys uh, that introduced themselves to us. And everybody, I, I heard some people kept saying the same thing. You sound the same on the radio and in person. And, oh, my gosh, it's Betty. That happened when we did the, um, the honor flights. And we were hanging out, and people were giving us T-shirts and stuff, and they recognized you and not my voice right away, yeah. which was awesome. Um, so that was probably a cool experience. How are you doing, Betty? Good, Craig. Thank you for having me. And uh, Was that a lot of fun? It was a lot of fun, and to be honest, I felt a little bit over- overwhelmed uh, <laughs> by the people who say hi to me because I, I didn't expect it. They were very nice. And uh, let me tell you something. I'm sure. terrible, 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 like... Uh, to rem- remember names. Mm-hmm. So even though I asked uh, some of the people who were very kind, kind to me and very nice, were, yeah. were, and then the, after like a few seconds, like, okay, I'm going to try to rehearse it. And then after like five minutes, <laughs> it was gone. Yeah. Uh, my brain was just like, and, uh, the ha- and I always have to relate the name of a people to mm-hmm. something or like uh, that reminds me. Or like helps me to remind their name. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, because we were like running all over, um, we did a lot. Yes. So yeah, I was like, I couldn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everyone that came thank up and said to hi to us. Yes, and exactly. Talked to Betty. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for being so nice to yes, to that us. Was sweet. And uh, I remember one because uh, he was around for for the whole event. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Billy. Mm-hmm. Billy, I think. Uh, he's an electrician, and he was talking to us about how they, his company, uh, you know, Works. work yeah. from uh, Peoria. Yeah, and all around. I think they work in Bloomington and stuff, yes. too. So, and just yeah. flying around yes, doing stuff. Exactly. Yes, exactly. He set and, up our power sources yesterday. Yeah, and David also, Greg's son. Yes, David uh, Yeah, he was around working like... Like a non-stop, non-stop yeah. and uh, he was very really kind to mm-hmm. to and to us. Too. We're fans of him. Uh, we've gone to music yes. events in yes. Peoria and told them we just came to see him and yes. how he sets up the technical he, he's stuff. He's a big star. Yes. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. roadies. We're we're fans. Yeah, of without them, we don't have some. <laughs> <laughs> right, which matters yeah. a lot. Uh, but it was really cool, and you did a great job uh, when we first showed up at the stage, and it was just empty, and yeah. I just looked at it and kind of panicked a little bit. Yes, uh, you were very sweet and kind, and lifted heavy things, uh, even though you're a little tiny Betty. Yeah, and put stuff together and. And then uh, hung out the entire broadcast, um, you know, talked to a lot of the people uh, during the breaks that I, I didn't have a chance to talk as much to as I was still uh, working on things behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but did you have a good time at Red, White & Boom? Yeah, I did. I I tried to enjoy my time there and also, like, uh, just to hang out with, with every uh, person who stepped, uh, stopped by and say hi. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the fireworks, so the 30 minutes of the fireworks, uh went through it was it was just like pretty cool to watch yeah. and when you expect it to be the end suddenly they started all over again and they were just like pretty cool to watch i didn't yeah. record i'm not like a record or like taking pictures at that moment because i rather prefer to watch them than yes. than having my phone on right no, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, a couple other quick things. Um, I got a message today from one of the soccer players for Peoria City. His name is Justin Wilson. Yes. Uh, we gave him one of the Betty <laughs> baskets, which was a um, margarita or no, excuse me, a Bloody Mary uh, mix basket yeah. provided by yeah. the Peoria Heights VFW. Yeah. Uh, him and his um, 
I don't know the other guy's name, but two of the players for the team walked up, said hi to us, happy to see us. Super nice. Yep. He's from Virginia. I remember that he told us so. Yes. And I kept uh, teasing. He was like, don't drink the whole thing on your own. You're going to, yeah, yeah. you got to share it with the yeah, whole there's, team. There's a whole bottle of vodka yes. in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, they were around too. Yeah, but they, they got they, one they of them. Hi to and us, then yeah. the other person who got a, a Betty basket is a woman that came up to us and said that our fireworks Tommy. display, Tammy, was not long enough. She said a half an hour is not <laughs> she, enough. She was complaining. She right. was upset. She was like, I, I started <laughs> to set up all my stops very right. early, and for just 30 minutes, this is not enough. Yeah, yeah she and was we are grumpy. The biggest firework display in all of the state of Illinois. Uh, half yep. an hour is a tremendously difficult thing to put on. Uh, doubling it would be unfathomable to me, and I think a lot of people. But I loved how much that, like, that was her thing. She wanted to let us know yeah. that we need to go more. We need to go bigger. So we gave her the other Betty basket because I say you kill them with kindness. You give people a reward. Yes. Uh, and hopefully you turn yes, that and frown upside down. Yes, and thank you to down. Eric. I mean, I didn't the expect VFW, those yes. uh, two baskets that they gave us mm-hmm. to give uh to listeners, I didn't. I Eric is so kind to be. He was there the whole time, and yeah. I didn't expect it. So, uh, thank you also, like uh, to all the people, like um, uh, what is this? The, the girl from the TV. Her oh, name. Brett Brooks hung yes. out with us for a little yes, bit. Yeah, she was there. She too. jumped on the show. Scott yeah. Robbins Scott. jumped on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some other friends from I3 Broadband uh, jump on the show, yes. and from uh, yes. Vanilla Face, uh, Vanilla Sugar Face and Body. Yeah, I always had that face first. Yeah, uh, so it was, it was fun to talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tricky. A tricky name. Um, uh, what else did you think of the fireworks show itself? It was amazing this year, right? Yeah, it was. It was. And and to be honest, because uh, last year. Uh, the setup for the WMBD, uh tent mm-hmm. was in a different location. Totally so different location, yes. we were This year we were close by the clock mm-hmm. uh, around the Out area. Out in front of the people? Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't like where all the people like set up their like, uh, mm-hmm. blankets or chairs. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we started to work on the tent, it was empty. We were just like some police Five, officers, yeah, right. the police officer machine there, the robot. I was <laughs> freaking out about it. You were worried and about the robot. Suddenly, like, it was super crowded. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, but it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was a super good time. Uh, do you have a word of the day for us for today, Betty? Yes. I uh, I was I was listening at the beginning of your show, mm-hmm. and I hear Will saying, stop saying that word, Greg. Spectacular. Yes. Yes. No. No. It was marvelous. Correct? Marvelous. Okay, that's yes. in the word. Yes. All right. Yes, you were using that word. I use a lot of those words. Yes, a lot. Yes. So the word of the day then is the marvelous. Span- marveloso. In Spanish. It's marveloso. <laughs> no, Craig. It's oh, not marveloso. I thought so. Okay, fine. No, Come no. On. Stop. Stop. Uh, Mar- marva. Marveloso. Marva. No, no. Marvoso. No. <laughs> no, don't keep saying because some word that word could be bad in Spanish. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, the word of the day for marvelous. In Spanish is maravilloso. Maravilloso. Say it again. Maravilloso. <laughs> no, you're, you're always laughing. Man. Try to pronounce the R. Maravilloso. Maravilloso. Yeah, I can't do it. Maravilloso. Yes, there you go. Okay, there you, we go. There you go. I, I feel like the mercy What's eventually kicks in there. Yes. Yeah, okay, so that's the word for marvelous. Yes. All right, which you want me to not say anymore. No, it was Which just will. funny. <laughs> it was just funny because we was like, okay, Craig, enough with that word. Yeah. 
Nice. I, bro, you guys were like uh, repeating that word constantly. We did. Last we used a lot night. of those. Yes. Yeah, a lot of those words uh, several different times. Plus, I love the Marvel movies. So saying the word marvelous is somehow oh, that's more fun. Yeah, right. there's yeah. a part of that He's that's fun super, for me. Superhero yeah. yeah. side mm-hmm. of your brain. Yeah, what's the what's the word for superheroes in Spanish? It's pretty easy, right? Superhéroe. Superhéroe. Yeah. Superhéroe. Okay, yeah. There we go. Superhéroe. Right. Thank you to all the superheroes yesterday in the parade. They Aww. were awesome. Police officers, firefighters, all of them, mm-hmm. engineers. David, and all of them. Everybody, everybody. Everybody who did a bunch of the job. And then how was that flyover? That flyover was really cool, too, Oh, right? my God. You know what? I don't know if I tell you this before, Craig, but when I was a child, like seven, eight, probably nine, I usually, uh, when whenever I saw, like, a plane on the sky, I run the whole back of the yard of the house and saying hi and like hey please Aww. say hi to me like Aww. like when we were kids so my mom yeah. used to laugh a lot about us because sure. it was me and my brother trying to shout that. all the way to a plane so at my 43 year old person i'm still doing it sometimes so <laughs> i was like sitting like a little bit on the on on mm-hmm. the park with, with the some one of our friends yes our listeners and i saw the place like Yay! Say <laughs> hi to us, please. So of course, probably they don't you see You know what any. I love about that, too, and how common that is for you and your family in Mexico, is your, your niece does that now. Yes, uh, your little niece, yes. who's like seven or eight years old now, yeah. every time she sees a plane, and she actually yells, hi, uh, Tia Pollo, and yes. hi, Tio Craig, as if we're <laughs> yes. on every single yes, plane. Yes, exactly, yeah. yeah. She's adorable. She she's, she's six years old. And okay, she's, six. Yes. Yeah, yeah, adorable. All right, well, thank you, Betty. A great word of the day. Uh, mar mar Maravilloso. 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 All right. I'm yes. crushing it. Cool. Maravilloso. Fantastic. <laughs> Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thank you, Betty, again for all your work you did yesterday to help us out. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, the top five at five coming up in about 15 minutes or so. And I will probably uh, dive even deeper into some of the uh, White House cocaine story that exists out there. Uh, cocaine was found at the White House. Uh, but Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, got a lot of questions about this today. There's about 14 total minutes of audio uh, that I could play all of. But here is uh, a part of that back and forth where she is downplaying uh, the fact that cocaine was found at the White House, which is unsurprising to say the least. And one of the biggest reasons I think uh, this is such a unique story of interest even to just a, a large uh, set of the press uh, that cover the White House, is because the son of the president wrote a book about uh, drug addiction and how he uh, recently suffered from it and left a laptop uh, at a place and did a bunch of other things. Uh, so even though she uh, points out time and again uh, that the uh, Biden family was not at the White House over the last few days, um, uh, still I think it's of unique interest to a whole lot of people for exactly that reason, among others. Just to clarify for us, where exactly inside the West Wing the substance was discovered? I'm not going to get into uh, specifics. What I can say is when people visit the West Wing, uh, there is uh, an air, there is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled, uh, and that is what happens. People come through this particular area, it's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to get into... I'm not going to tell you anything more than the fact that it's highly traveled. Uh, here's the thing uh, that I... I have been saying uh, to, you know, anybody that I've been talking to about this as well is that of all the places in our country to have something like this happen where um, cocaine is left by somebody somewhere, uh, the White House is a place where I would assume we have a tremendous amount 
of surveillance and the ability to dive into that surveillance and immediately identify uh, who it is uh, that left something and where they left it. So if we don't inevitably have uh, the answers to some of this stuff that the White House press secretary was unwilling to provide to us today, uh, that mystery will only fuel uh, people's questions. So I, I hope that at some point there are actual answers beyond highly trafficked area and I'm not going to get into specifics and shut your mouth. Uh, there were, as I said, lots of questions about this. Can you give any more details on where the Secret Service found cocaine in the West Wing and how it got So, as you know, this is under the preview of the Secret Service. Uh, they are currently investigating uh, what happened over the weekend, so I would have to refer you uh, <laughs> to, the Secret First, to the Secret Service on all of this. But one thing that I can share, that I'll, that I'll uh, share a little bit more information, mm -hmm. as you know, the... The, the president and the first lady and their family were not here this weekend. They were not they here. Reported on this, and as you also know, that they left on Friday uh -huh. and returned just yesterday. Uh, where, uh, where this? Was Here's the thing. You know what's weird about all this? Um, that that has to immediately be something the White House puts out there. That they find cocaine at the White House, they immediately have to tell us where the Biden family was. And of course, they're specifically referring to Hunter Biden in that messaging, in that conversation, because of how much of a scandal this would really be in general. Uh, even if, again, it turns out that somebody who's going on some sort of White House tour just uh, tucked a bag of cocaine somewhere, which feels like an odd thing to do. Uh, it feels like a, a certain kind of thing to do. Uh, but again, we have we have very limited information. And the White House press sec secretary was unwilling to give us more information, at least for now. Uh, but I would I would be shocked um, in all honesty. And I know I've said that before and it sounds naive. I sound like someone who doesn't understand uh, that things are are hidden and, and things are, you know, controlled a certain way. Uh, but but stuff like this is just too uh, much uh, a public interest thing to where you eventually have to provide an answer. And I think you even probably have to uh, provide uh, video and the reason you do that is that if it is someone who is just doing a, a tour, isn't this a crime? Isn't this something that's illegal? Uh, isn't this something that you would want to get someone apprehended for? Uh, the kind of thing where, like, say, uh, we found this happening locally and uh, local police would put out a video if they had one of a person responsible for, say, uh, leaving cocaine in some sort of uh, political building and then saying we're on the lookout for this person who we believe uh, did this. And that, like having none of that information is only going to fuel uh, more questions, more uh, curiosity. And I'll even take it a step further. And as I said, I'll dive a little bit deeper into this uh, after the news as part of the top five at five. So I'll leave it at this uh, and talk about it again in about 10 minutes or so. Um, but as you as you fuel uh, those controversies, uh, those potential questions and all that by uh, giving us limited information, uh, you also essentially create a scenario uh, where people answer those questions uh, themselves any way they choose to answer those questions. And not having that occur uh, seems to be of a great benefit to anyone who is innocent in all of this. So, again, you just ask yourself those questions as to why they can't give us more. I know that CBS News uh, covered the cocaine thing, and for some reason they found it, like, genuinely hilarious uh, when they were talking about the fact that the cocaine uh, was found at the White House. And I know I have that inf that uh, audio, too, and I can play that audio uh, in just a second. Uh, but Gail King, I think, was the one who was uh, breaking the news on CBS, and they were, they were 
cracking jokes and laughing about it. Now to a surprising discovery at the White House. What was it? A bag of suspicious white powder believed to be cocaine was found in an area except, uh, accessible rather to tour groups, and the president and his family were out of town at the time. The Secret Service is investigating now. Skylar Henry has the latest from the White House. Skylar, good morning to you. This is quite a surprise. Certainly is, Gail. Thank good you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, they should be able to sort this one out. I'm, I'm Pretty quickly. I'm hung up yes. on the believed-to-be comment. How long does it take to find out? Also, they're kind of blaming it on the tourists. On the you know, tourists? The public area? Yes. Are people careless with their cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's an no, expensive drug. So yeah, many questions there. So a lot of questions. We are not we are not quite to the like uh, Jimmy Carter level where multiple right. officials in the White House are in trouble and one person resigned. Yeah, but... we don't really know. But blaming it on the tourists is a, is a unique move in and of itself too. So yes, uh, there are more questions, uh, very very few answers. Uh, but again, uh, apparently CBS seems to agree with me uh, that finding answers quickly should be a easy part of this process. Otherwise, you essentially out the White House as not having the level of protection, security uh, and, you know, surveillance that it, it should have. Uh, if they tell us they can't figure out who did this, if this remains a mystery, uh, then, as I said again a second ago, uh, that would, I would assume, encourage a lot more bad actors uh, in the world of uh, going to the White House and doing whatever they feel like doing, because all of a sudden you'd think that that's not a secure uh, part of our country. And I just don't believe that. I know very few people would believe that to be true. Uh, other news, sillier news, I call this a palate cleanser, if you will. Uh, fast food giant McDonald's has announced that they're doing a, uh, a last-of-the-month um, wedding thing. I think this is only happening in other parts of the world, not here in the United States. But you can do a $200 wedding plan. Uh, with the Golden Arches, uh, which would supply you with 100 chicken sandwiches, 104 packs of chicken nuggets, and all the different other things you need to get married and throw a crazy reception uh, inside McDonald's. And then, of course, uh, they also have add-ons. Uh, you can go bigger. Uh, you can go better. Uh, they can do your invitations for you, all kinds of stuff. I think predominantly this is in uh, McDonald's in Indonesia. Uh, some of the basic packages start at just 200 or so, uh, $235. Uh, some of the more premium McDonald's happiness marriage packages start at $382. Uh, that includes invites, venue, audio equipment, food. Uh, there's an extra 127 you can throw on for even more stuff. Uh, the ice cream machine may probably be broken the entire time. That's the only thing that will be a negative. I don't know why I love this so much. And I don't know why I can't ever picture anyone sending out an invite to do a wedding and a reception at a McDonald's uh, because of how people would react in this country uh, to a wedding and a reception at a McDonald's. But it would almost be sort of hilarious uh, to see it happen. A part of me would probably uh, really love uh, the idea of it. But yes, uh, it's a real thing. It's out there in the world. It'd have to be a destination wedding, though. As I said, I think it's predominantly just in Indonesia is one of the places that's doing this. Uh, one other quick thing. Uh, that I'll just throw out right before Will fires off some news is uh, there's been a lot of reporting the last couple of days that they've been some of the hottest ever on Earth. Um, I think the uh, Monday of this week and then yesterday of this week are two of the hottest days we've ever recorded. Uh, it's causing a lot of conversations with a lot of people that go a lot of places with it. Uh, but I just want to uh, brag about us and how uh, Will and I sat outside 
uh, for several hours yesterday, uh, broadcasting at Red, White, and Boom. USA! Uh, <laughs> USA! In USA! And what was apparently one of the hottest days ever recorded. So uh, that oh, seems wow. to give us even more I of an attaboy. I, I'm not a weather expert or a scientist or a meteorologist. You know, meteorologist, that word. yeah. Yeah, that word, too. Sure. But uh, That was I, fun. I'm pretty sure it was hotter at uh, Red, White, and Boom last year. Well, we had the tent and everything uh, set up, and it, it caused uh, some nice shade. Although I think we had the tent last year, too. Yeah, I don't know. Did, but we were in a different spot where we were over the, the water. We were yeah, just right while the in front sun of was shining right at my face yesterday. That's true. Uh, it was still uh, it was warmer, but it felt kind of like a <laughs> blast furnace and sure. not like a big sweaty heat. Sure. That yeah. I was sitting under last year. I get that. I was covered in sweat by the time I got home, and I, I used dude wipes at one point that I talked about on the radio uh, that I probably shouldn't talk about again on the radio. But they were nice that we I'm, had. I'm them. concerned that I think Betty also used the dude wipes. As no, well. she didn't. So Only she me. Didn't. No, no, no. She had her oh, own. I she did. She had her own little um, um, like hand sanitizer wipes. Dude-dat wipes. No, no, no. They came in the green thing. <laughs> Uh, they're a little green package. Mine were the bigger one. They're actually a dude shower wipes. So they're supposed oh, to simulate lovely. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Uh-huh. What and a that, great time to be alive. And on huh? that sentence, uh, we'll go right to the news. Uh, 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM, all what over the internet. WMBRadio.com. That I should probably stop talking about the dude wipes. That's oh. what I was trying to say. Hey, yeah. you're not the only one that uses them. That's true. They were actually pretty expensive. I, I bought them at a gas station, I think, on the trip back, <laughs> the trip back from San Antonio or St. Uh, Louis, and they were like seven or eight dollars for like an eight pack of the dude shower yeah, wipes. Yeah, you can do better than that. I figure I could. All right, Will's got the news. Top five at five coming up after. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, let's go through the top five stories at five o'clock. I know I have an intro for this as well, uh, but I know that intro has just sort of walked off on me. So uh, we will get to that intro uh, momentarily or we'll just uh, we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, we got to set it up a little bit different. So you hear it every time. But top five of five, uh, five biggest stories of the day in no particular order. A hundred percent my choosing uh, what they are. Uh, first, uh, I'm going to play some of the last questions asked in about a 14 minute barrage uh, to the White House press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, about cocaine that was found at the White House. Even CBS uh, News was laughing about this, making fun of uh, how they were blaming it on some tourist, uh, just bringing in some cocaine and then just like stashing it, forgetting about it uh, while they're on their White House tour. Um, but the thing is, this is the most valuable and important piece of information here. A whole lot of people, a whole lot of media is going to expect an answer as to whose cocaine this is. It's not going to be OK to just say, oh, we don't know, uh, it would not make the White House look safe and secure. If they don't, if someone could just stash cocaine there and then walk out and then they find it later, that's a bad look for us as a country. So we're going to need more info here. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre not willing to provide it today. If the uh, Secret Service determines uh, who brought the uh, cocaine into the White House, does the White House support the prosecution of this individual? I'm just not going to get into hypotheticals from here. Let the Secret Service do their job. It's under their... We're not going to talk about it. We have no idea. ...to the bottom of it. I'm just not going to get ahead Mm. of this right this time. Can't do it. No way. Go ahead. Secret Service officials are actually cautioning that they might not find the person involved because it is such a busy thoroughfare. So if they don't get to the bottom of it, as you're saying, would the president be satisfied with... Sir, this is no. a busy room. And no. We found some cocaine. Should not be. So let's see what the Secret Service says, right? They're, again, this is under investigation. <laughs> don't want to get what? into hypotheticals while investigation is going. I don't want to guess about whether or not we'd hold somebody responsible for stashing cocaine at the White House. That's not a thing that I can I can dabble in 
uh, as a hypothetical. We need to know more about how ridiculous is that? How, how insane of a take is that? You know, that whoever winds up being responsible uh, for forgetting some cocaine at the old White House uh, may or may not be charged with it. That's not a tough question. Uh, that's like asking you if you set fire to a part of your office, would you be fired? Uh, the answer is yes. I don't have to wait for the hypothetical of someone actually doing it. If you set a random fire uh, somewhere in your building right now, you will not have a job after they put that fire out. That will be the last day for you at that company. Uh, this, this, is insa- this is full insanity. Uh, to pretend you don't know the answer to at least that part uh, for whatever reason. I don't know if there's fear. Uh, I'm not saying that there's actually a cover-up going on quite yet, uh, but maybe there's actually fear uh, within the White House that they're going to find information they don't want to find, and that's why they're handling it this way. Uh, But there is no scenario that I can envision where it makes any sense whatsoever for the White House to say we can't figure out who left cocaine at the White House because it's the White House. I don't know how to say that differently. There, there can't be a way uh, where there is. And honestly, what they expect from, from people, especially people who vote on their side of the political aisle, is casting this as a crazy conservative, you know, right-wing narrative uh, that's being talked about only in those circles. And you can put your fingers in your ears and ignore it, even though press spent 15 minutes almost uh, asking Corinne Jean-Pierre questions about it. All different members of press, not just on a right or left sides of the political aisle, uh, which is fascinating to me. But again, if you if you allow them to tell you nothing, uh, then politicians tell you nothing. If you allow them to to believe that they still have your support, if they don't answer questions, they have no interest in answering questions. So desiring answers to questions should be a fundamental aspect of how all of us uh, talk about really anything. In the world of politics, uh, another thing in the world of politics that I find interesting is that a judge has decided uh, that the um, White House, uh, that the executive branch should not have as much access to social media companies. Um, this is something that is uniquely important, uh, the judge says, to freedom of speech. Uh, this is something that's being shaped all different kinds of ways uh, after a federal judge put in this limit. Uh, the attorney generals, uh, the attorneys general, excuse me, of Missouri and Louisiana uh, claim the administration is trying to silence its critics. Um, two things. And I want these things to also sound as non-politically motivated as I can possibly make them sound. If you believe, and I think most of us should believe, uh, that politicians desire uh, to win any and every fight uh, using whatever means necessary, that's, a, that's an aspect of politics on both sides of the political aisle, then one of the least trustworthy organizations to tell you what is true and what is false is politicians. And I keep reminding people about this, uh, who I talk about this with, that the New York Times put up a, a story right after Biden got elected that said President Biden will lie to you. Because every president lies to you, administrations, uh, White House press secretaries, they all lie to you. They lie to you about all kinds of stuff uh, because they're, they're politics and they're politicians. And that's the way that they handle themselves. And so they should not be at the forefront of telling social media companies yes to this, no to this. And there's aspects of uh, what these um, attorneys general talked about that demonstrates that that is true. And I mean, I guess that's maybe the part uh, that people could decide to believe or not believe. Uh, that no uh, member of any sort of, um, um, you know, political party or the executive branch is actually asked to remove things uh, politically. Uh, but that, that's just insane to me because, of course, they would ask. And, of course, the social media companies seem to behave that way. Uh, but this is something, and I'll just say it uh, like I said earlier in the show, uh, where you should expect people to be smart enough 
to figure out things on their own or with any sort of information uh, you want to provide into the equation, not by keeping information out of the equation. That's not a good way to operate as far as our society to function for anyone who calls themselves a news uh, organization, anyone who says they're doing down-the-middle news. When you ignore things, when you leave stories out, when you think that you're protecting people from becoming more uh, radical on one side or the other, you're also treating them like they're idiots, or like they're morons. That would be like a teacher in a classroom uh, deciding not to teach her children a subject because she doesn't think her children will understand this, uh, the, the students in the classroom will understand the subject correctly, uh, correctly to her opinion. Uh, and even John Stewart, and I love that audio, and I should play that audio more, uh, when he was talking about Kanye West and all the anti-Semitic things that Kanye was saying uh, when he was praising Hitler, uh, that the best way to deal with that is to have a conversation uh, with someone and object to the points they're saying, uh, not to hide uh, behind whatever uh, version of censorship you think makes more sense. That's bad. A conversation, good. I feel like that's basic. I feel like that shouldn't be uh, politically one-sided as far as the take goes. Uh, Trump pulled in more than $35 million in the second quarter. Uh, Trump nearly doubled his fundraising campaign uh, during this uh, last few months. Of course, one of the biggest reasons, the beliefs, is because of all the different court cases uh, going on uh, with the former president and how that actually invigorates supporters, uh, makes supporters believe uh, that the president is being targeted. And that is a reason to think that he's someone that would be valuable in the White House. Um, it, it kind of feels like it's connected to the last topic I was just talking about. Uh, when you as a news organization, whether you believe uh, what you're saying or not, try to remove information uh, because you're, you quote unquote, doing it for the greater good, all you create is more suspicion uh, when these uh, judicial um, moves happen against the former president, it absolutely adds to the narrative he's been talking about for years, uh, which is that he is uniquely targeted, especially when the craziest part about that, uh, if I'm being entirely honest, in the world of the um, you know mishandling of classified documents thing, is that we actually have stories of other people right now in political positions of power, including our president, that also did that to some uh, degree, uh, which is just sort of shocking. You would think that if someone was being tried and someone else was not being tried, that we wouldn't have as unique of a, a closeness in the types of things that they did wrong. And I know some people would object to that, but still, it's just sort of surreal to have it. Uh, but anyway, uh, if anything else, uh, that attack um, against the former president uh, that's been happening, uh, whether it's uh, justified or not, whether he broke any laws or not, uh, which I do think in the world of classified documents, uh, there is a lot of risk there for him of getting in actual uh, legal trouble, uh, but that will probably only motivate his supporters uh, more. Uh, and you can win the office of the president while in jail if we actually got to that point. Uh, other things out there that I think are interesting. The Pentagon uh, released a review of all of the different classified documents, things, uh, and said that they have a faulty oversight. I love this so much. The Pentagon security and oversight measures have failed to keep pace with the proliferation of military facilities that handle classified information and the personnel who work there. Uh, but the Defense Department does not have a systematic problem in keeping its secrets uh, safe. Uh, a new review made public on Wednesday concluded. Uh, I beg to differ on some of that right there. Uh, when you have a young 20-something uh, military uh, person who has top-level clearance because of an IT job, uh, basically, who then shares that stuff with people he barely knows or doesn't know at all, 
uh, via a video game chat room kind of thing. And then that winds up being a whole a big giant story. I think we have a lot of issues, not just the politicians who are walking off with classified documents, but Airman Teixeira and his legal uh, problems after uh, giving a whole lot of information, again, to people he didn't know uh, but thought he could trust and shouldn't have had access to all the things he had access to. I think that is an interesting uh, version of a conversation to be like, you know what? Yeah, uh, we have we have some issues, but they're not as bad as you think. Uh, things are going okay. How could they be going any worse? I guess is my question. All right, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of things to talk about. I find it very interesting uh, that Stephen A. Smith is saying that he might get fired uh, from ESPN. There have been a lot of layoffs at that uh, broadcast organization. And uh, Stephen A., in a recent episode, I think, of his podcast, uh, said that it's not over, uh, that more people are getting canned. And, yes, he could be among the people uh, getting canned. Uh, A lot of, uh, I think, people that have higher profiles in the world of any form of media, especially, I think, thanks to most recently Tucker Carlson and what he's been doing on Twitter, uh, probably believe that they would have a way to create their own platform if they were let go from any kind of organization. You know, it's kind of funny to me, too. Um, Not that I think it would exactly happen uh, the way I guess I'll I'll say it would happen. Uh, But Tucker Carlson is in a war with Fox. Uh, He's in that war because he says he can do whatever he wants on social media. He can keep uh, essentially broadcasting his show just like he did when he was on Fox. And that if you don't agree with him, well, screw uh, you. He will go after you or you can come after him in court uh, to essentially the media uh, company that's trying to keep him off of all forms of media uh, for a, a while. And so what I think is interesting about that is he might wind up having a lot of people uh, that don't necessarily agree with his politics, but agree with his stance against a giant media corporation that wind up wanting to do the same thing. I think that there was a, a moment when someone thought that uh, Tucker Carlson would partner with Don Lemon, of all people, to create a a um, some sort of site of their own. I highly think that that was unlikely to happen. I don't think that uh, Don Lemon even has the, the size profile. Uh, that uh, Tucker Carlson has. Uh, But I think I could easily argue that Stephen A. Smith has a pretty big profile in the world of sports broadcasters uh, and certainly just guys who yell about stuff. And so I would think uh, that he'd be a person who'd uniquely be interested, especially if uh, in those layoffs ESPN tries to keep some people off of any form of broadcast communication. All right. I want to play this. I find this very interesting. I don't want to make too much fun of this woman, uh, I will play uh, the audio of it and react a little bit to it. Uh, but I'm assuming that this is a mental health uh, thing or a drug-related thing. Uh, but there was a woman that had an epic meltdown on an American Airlines flight that has gone viral, saying that another passenger that was sitting next to her toward the back of the plane wasn't real. Uh, she said he was definitely a figment of her imagination, and people needed to know that he was not, in fact, a real dude. Uh, that is a tough thing for a flight attendant to figure out what to do. Eventually, the woman was removed from the plane. But here's a little bit of that audio. I'm telling you, I'm getting the f*** off, and there's a reason why I'm getting off, and everyone can either believe it or they cannot believe it. But I am telling you right now that back there is not real. And you can sit on this plane, and you can die with them or not. I'm not going to. 
Uh, the people on the plane survived uh, their flight uh, somewhere else, but she did, as I said, get removed from the plane. Here's the reason I wanted to bring it up. Again, not really to talk much about her and what definitely appears to be a pretty bad uh, mental health episode happening in public or a, a drug thing happening, um, but it's the fact that Carrot Top, of all people, said that he was on that plane. Uh, the celebrity, the comedian, uh, the whatever you want to call him, the guy who got uh, very, very uh, ripped in a very, very awkward way because uh, Carrot Top was not a dude I ever thought would get swole at the gym, and he did, uh, said that he was on the plane. He called the woman a uh, bleeping nut job uh, who just lost her mind in front of the whole plane. Uh, the 58-year-old comedian went on to say, I hope she's happy. Uh, we're all stuck in Dallas now because of her. Uh, and this was more of his reaction. I'm telling you, I'm getting off the plane, et cetera. I was all the stuff that he even said on his social media pages uh, that she continued to repeat again and again and again uh, while complaining about how long of a delay uh, this all caused. Uh, but eventually the plane took off, landed. Everything was fine. Everyone was fine. It's weird that it, Carrot Top was one of the people that was like, I was there. I saw stuff. I'm confused about stuff. I am mad about things. Uh, because in that moment, I don't think a lot of people would uh, be very thrilled at what's going on, especially if you look toward the back of the plane and you see the person uh, that this person is claiming is not a real person. Uh, that feels like a moment when a lot of people might get uniquely annoyed at the situation. Uh, other stuff out there uh, that I thought was interesting, uh, there was a survey of 12,000 Americans uh, that feels like a lot of people. Uh, that asked, would you rather be a funny person or would you rather be dating a funny person? And some pretty disappointing stats were discovered. Only 14% of people said that they found funny to be attractive uh, in today's society. You've heard all the time from almost every uh, data set that is not this data set uh, that funny is one of the most attractive qualities in people. But uh, these 12,000 Americans hate jokes and hate laughing. 56% uh, said someone who makes them laugh is uh, someone that they're drawn to. 14% said that they're not sure. Uh, but the fact that a lot of people said that they um, uh, found it to be attractive and that a lot of people others said they didn't necessarily find it to be attractive is worrisome to me. One in six people don't think a sense of humor is an attractive trait in general. Uh, seniors especially do not have time for jokes, according to the survey. 30% of people 65 and older uh, gave humor a thumbs down when asked about it. Uh, the one thing that I thought was interesting about all these stats is when you're actually asked, would you rather be a funny person or be in a relationship with a funny person? Men were twice as likely as women to say that they would want to be a funny person. So 30% um, uh, of 65 and older uh, don't like humor. And men would prefer to be the one making more jokes than hearing more jokes as far as the data goes. But a lot of this is pretty disappointing to anyone that thought that a, a sense of humor was a uniquely attractive quality uh, in people. I, I guess um, data is telling us no for whatever reason. Uh, one other thing that I saw out there that I thought was interesting, I don't know why I like this so much. Uh, you can tell me I'm wrong if you want, but you're wrong, and that's how it's going to go. The president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council which is a thing I need to be a part of. I, I don't even care if I can be like a, a member who's sort of not really involved. I just want some sort of badge of some kind at some point. I said that no one over the age of 18 should put ketchup on a hot dog. 25% of people say they prefer it over mustard on a hot dog. 32% said they're equal opportunity uh, ketchup and mustard people. Uh, but the president of the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, as I said a second ago, a thing I did not know existed, uh, said that this is the end. Uh, these are the end of days in the world of ketchup on hot dogs. And again, like, how do you get involved in the, in this group? What do you what do you do? Do you run? Are there people who vote? 
uh, people into this uh, National Hot Dog and Sausage Council? Do I get assigned by a politician at some point? Is this why I write my senator uh, to ask them if I can be involved, if I can be added uh, to the group of people who have hot takes in the world of hot dogs and, and sausages? I don't know how to get involved. I don't know if our newsroom, if Will Stevenson has ever uh, gone the road of figuring this out. I am uh, looking up the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council as okay. we speak. The man's and, name uh, is Eric Mittenthal. Uh, he's the one who uh, said that ketchup has to be off of hot dogs. He's the president. Do you, uh, do you? Is your membership revoked if you're caught putting ketchup on a hot dog? I don't know. These are things I don't know. But how, how is I'm, this a I'm council we get involved in? There's a specific, uh, let's the, see. The NHDSC. It's, uh, it's hot dog org, by the way, in case you're, in case you're curious yes, about that. I am that. very curious. Yeah. Um, let's see. They have a link to what they call a sausage and mustard pairing guide. Sure. I get they that. They have I understand. Um, ideas for what they call an ultimate hot dog bar. By the way, at the very bottom of the site, now that we're both on it, the media <laughs> contact is just that president's name, his phone number, his cell phone number, and I, his yeah, email. I think I've just uh, just yeah. found out all I need to know yeah. about this organization. Yeah, yeah so, so the National Hot Dog Sausage <laughs> Council. can't even afford a press secretary. Right, is just a guy <laughs> sitting in a room somewhere that has no one else involved in his group. Let's I think see. that's a, a problem. Well, on a bar. A about here. No, yeah, no, no. Still that's the... fine. I'm going to reach out and I'm going to be the other member. I'm going to be the vice president uh, very, very soon. Well, of best the... of luck to you on that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Of the... There's no way that I can find where you can join this uh, organization. Yeah, that's very upsetting. I, I'm, I want all in on this situation. I want to be a part of it. Statistics. Yeah, you can connect with them on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if they have a whole lot of followers on Facebook. Wow. They do not have a whole lot of followers on Facebook. It says here that uh, the top – you and I both spent time in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, Chicago is not even the top hot dog-consuming city. Wow. No, that's fine. Is Los Angeles is. Los Terrible. Angeles, New Horrible. York, Dallas, oh, Chicago. Horrible decision. I need to get to be the vice president of this organization, ASAP. I However, need to fix some stuff. Sure. I, need to, I need to do my work from the inside. I don't want to be on the outside. <laughs> well, that's kind of how they make the hot dogs, I too, know, that's isn't true. it? That's true. No, i got to create change <laughs> with the national hot dog and sausage people uh, from the inside. I've got to work within the system to out the system for some of the problems they have. I'm on a quest, people. I, I, Vote I, for I me. wish you the best of luck Thank in you. that. Yeah, uh, I, too, would like to... Uh, I, too, would like to be a part of this organization. Sure, that's fine. I uh, once I get in, I'll, I'll bring you in. Uh, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I could uh, lead a seminar on hot dogs and heart disease. <laughs> that perhaps. sounds amazing. I don't yes. know. I can't wait for us to be large advocates for this group that we had never heard of till right now. <laughs> we just got to get our buns involved, Craig. Ah, <laughs> uh, Wales got the news. Fourteen seventy. I'm a wiener. What is that? What you're saying? Point three. I'm just glossing over all these. Uh, 100.3 WMBD. Yeah, you can tell your smart speaker to play our radio station and hear all the hot dog puns. Uh, that Will Stevenson throws out in you're, newscasts or out of them. You're saying you need to link up with this organization. Will Stevenson's got your news, everybody. Um, um, tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio and hear Will Stevenson talk about this. I hope you're able to muster the courage oh, to join. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay. I'm on a roll. <laughs> Not anymore. All right, we're just sitting. We're just sitting in that one. <laughs> 1470. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, text us if you want to be involved in the show at any time. I love to hear from you guys uh, because it's the best way to get involved in the show. 309-340-4464 is my number. It texts my cell phone. I'm holding right here. Uh, 309-340-4464. And thanks to everyone who texted us last night uh, during Red, White, and Boom. That was cool especially during the uh, firework play-by-play that we did 
uh, with the very loud fireworks going on just a short distance away from us. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And again, thank you to everybody. And actually some texts today that I've missed that I can just throw out there quickly uh, before we get to good story, bad story. Uh, John Ackerman, who left a voicemail that I played yesterday, uh, said he is absolutely planning to go see Indiana Jones. I am too, buddy. I, I want to see it because of the nostalgia. I had a listener also send me a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash Craig Collins show, uh, that said that even though the movie was not great and they were giving it more of a B minus score altogether, uh, they did recommend going for anyone that I uh, love the Indiana Jones movies as a kid, which, um, uh, definitely includes uh, me. Uh, I grew up and remember watching several of those, uh, videotapes. That's when you put it in the VCR kids and I would watch them in the uh, room off to the side of my uh, grandparents' main living room where grandpa would be sitting and watching war movies all the time. And I would just be sitting and watching Indiana Jones movies uh, by myself till my other cousins would make me uh, go to other stuff. But I love those movies and I'd watch them a bunch. And so I do, even though the Shia LaBeouf one was not that good, uh, the one they put out a few years ago or however many years ago, I don't even remember uh, the crystal one. Uh, there's another new one. It's not doing well at the box office, uh, but at some point, I'll be going to see it. All right, good story, bad story time. First, the good story. I like this good story a lot. Uh, a guy in Florida by the name of Thomas recently reconnected with his high school sweetheart 56 years after they went on their first date. I guess he knows that she's the one. Uh, her name is Nancy. Uh, so he decided for their 60th reunion, if that's what you want to call it, because uh, they haven't been in a relationship this entire time, uh, but their 60th reunion of their first meeting, uh, he decided he's going to propose. Uh, there's now a video that's gone viral of Thomas in a suit and tie, uh, very well dressed, uh, picking up uh, Nancy at the airport and proposing to her in the terminal. It had only been 20 days since they reconnected, but she immediately said yes. So when you know, you know, man, I even think I have some audio of this a moment where he's proposing uh, 20 days into dating someone that he dated 60 years ago, or at least they met 60 years ago. Uh, pretty, pretty fun. You were everything that I've ever wanted in a partner. I come to you humbly today. I want to spend the rest of my life with you to cherish every moment. We will have together to make every day an exciting new adventure. People are crying. She's saying yes. Everything's going crazy. I think that they might have even put it up in their social media pages. So very, very happy about it. But congratulations to Thomas and Nancy uh, for dating once and then 60 years after that first uh, meeting, uh, deciding to finally give it a chance and get married. That is playing the long game. Anybody that waits three days or something to text somebody, uh, Thomas has outdone you for sure in that situation. Uh, now on to the bad story. A woman got a DUI after showing up drunk and, of course, uh, driving to the job interview. Here's the thing. She was applying at the local sheriff's department. Uh, instead of getting a job, you get a DUI. Uh, she's 39 and lives in Indiana. Uh, it is not a good move uh, to show up reeking of alcohol. Her name is Nicole, by the way, uh, and then to immediately uh, be identified as someone who was drunk, to be given a breathalyzer uh, before any sort of interview for a gig, and then to be, well, uh, pretty much in trouble with the law, $1,500 bond. She got locked up. Think about that for a second. Someone decides to go do a job interview with the sheriff. Uh, they obviously have some things going on in their life that makes them drink at 8 o'clock in the morning and then drives to the job interview and then winds up in a jail cell at a certain point in the night. Uh, that is or the day. Uh, that is not a good look. That is not you got the job, uh, not even close to you got the job. Uh, and something that people shouldn't do. Uh, drinking and driving is dangerous. Don't do it. Uh, but she had slurred speech. Uh, her breath reeked of alcohol. Uh, these are all things that made the job of the cops 
pretty, pretty easy and pretty, pretty shocking, uh, to say the least, that this is the kind of way in which you'd go about uh, doing uh, this sort of thing. All right. I want to move on to something else. I guess you could also call this a bad story if you wanted to. But I just found it pretty funny. So Adele is is gone viral. Uh, she was on stage the other night. And while singing, uh, she decided to take a break and tell the audience that anyone uh, who wants to throw stuff at her, uh, one, bring it, and two, uh, you're going to regret it. Uh, this has been a new trend. People have been buying tickets to concerts and then lobbing stuff or even trying to attack the performers in some way, uh, which is odd because uh, tickets to concerts are not cheap. So you spend the money, you go to the thing, and then you want to harm the person that's performing. Uh, that is a very, very strange move. And maybe it's the fact that Adele is holding a T-shirt cannon as she's saying these things to the audience and then fires a T-shirt cannon into the audience or fires a T-shirt into the audience. That makes me enjoy it uh, quite a bit more. Maybe it's the um, uh, British accent that's in there. Uh, but again, she threw down the gauntlet for anyone that would like to show up at her concert and lob something at her. Have you noticed how people are like, Okay, she went into full um, uh, giggle mode, uh, which is something I guess I do on this show, too. But she said, uh, stop throwing things at the artist, but we can shoot things at you. Because, again, she's holding a T-shirt cannon uh, the entire time she's saying, how dare you. I do not do this or bring it on uh, to all of her audience and then fire stuff at them. That's a unique that's a unique leverage uh, standpoint. I feel like the next time you were in a meeting with your boss, if your boss was just indiscriminately holding a T-shirt cannon uh, the entire time, you'd have a certain level like, I don't know what's happening, but I know I should be paying extra attention to whatever this is, uh, whatever they're saying, whatever is going on, because I, I need to know. Uh, why this is being said in that way. I just I just love it that it's both things to get here. We can play it again. Uh, I love the fact that she also says bring it uh, because Adele like um, gut punching someone is someone that I would kind of like to see if it ever happened. Have you noticed how people are like forgetting show etiquette at the moment because I'm on stage. Have you seen that? We can fire stuff at you, but don't you dare uh, throw stuff at us. Again, I would love to see maybe Adele t-shirt cannon someone uh, as they're trying to attack her in some way, uh, just because something about it is awesome. And, and you know the funniest thing uh, about it? I, I've seen Adele audio go viral before, so I know she's got uh, a bit of a, um, uh, a willingness to use certain words that you wouldn't expect from Adele if you listen to her music at all or heard any of her music. My wife loves her. I uh, think she's a great singer, and I, I know she is. Uh, but it's just funny that you go from the fancy, uh, difficult singing thing to speaking like a sailor as you're holding a T-shirt cannon and threatening essentially your entire audience uh, to fight you one-on-one. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3. Okay, that's not exactly what happened, kind of what happened. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I want to take one more moment since the day is now uh, behind us. Uh, yesterday, uh, Carl Health, Red, White, and Boom, uh, brought home by Adam Merrick Real Estate, happened. And it was a bunch of fun. And a lot of things went really, really well, uh, including uh, the tracking or the uh, syncing up of our music track played on all our sister stations uh, to the firework display. I also had a blast on uh, WMBD. Uh, hanging out with uh, Julia, TJ, and Will. 
and my wife, Betty, and then Eric uh, Thurman from the VFW in Peoria Heights uh, stayed for the whole show, which was very nice of him. Uh, we had several other guests that hung out and were a part of it, too. Uh, but we did uh, several hours of broadcast, uh, fought through some technical issues to get on the air with you and to clean up the uh, signal from uh, the riverfront. And then we did the uh, actual uh, thing that is a first-time try for us, which was the play-by-play of the fireworks themselves on radio, uh, which I, I had a ball uh, doing. One, because the firework display was excellent. Uh, a third of it was all brand new, and it felt that way. Uh, it was uh, really cool as far as the the um, grandness of both the finale and even the start of the show. You feel like you get a, a pre-finale at the beginning of the show when a whole lot of things happen all at once, and then the end of the show is obviously a gigantic too. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of sponsors uh, that I'd like to just shout out one more time at least uh, some of them for being a part of it. Uh, Paradise Hotel and Casino, Uftering Auto Group, CEFQ, Discover Peoria, Caterpillar uh, was involved. Uh, Of course, both the title sponsors, uh, Carl Health and Adam Merrick Real Estate uh, were a big deal, RLI uh, involved in it. But it's it's not the kind of thing that we can do alone. Um, It's the kind of thing that takes a whole lot of people uh, to do together. Uh, I3 Broadband, uh, which popped up on the show uh, the other day, uh, Precision Planting, Academy Sports. Uh, there's so many, many people uh, that I, again, wanted to thank for being a part of it and letting us uh, try some stuff out, uh, letting, them, letting us be there, uh, letting us do as much as we did on the air. And I hope you listened to some of it. Uh, I hope you um, enjoyed uh, whatever you heard of the show. And I, I hope to do more of uh, firework things or just other things in general uh, to get out there and be a part of it. All right, some other quick stuff out there in the world. Uh, before I get out of here for the day and go sleep, because uh, I, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I feel uh, not that you care uh, and you shouldn't care, and I shouldn't be complaining about it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out hard in about 35, 40 minutes, I think. Uh, eight people got stuck upside down a roller coaster for three hours in Wisconsin. It is weird the amount of roller coaster news we have right now. Uh, there's that viral video of that roller coaster that seems to have a split at, at a certain point. Uh, where even though the coaster is still running and shooting through a turn, uh, you see an actual part of uh, what should be um, all connected metal actually sliding and moving out as if it's definitely broken and definitely shouldn't be like that. Uh, that was a story and a video that went viral. And then there was this. Uh, the ride is called the Fireball. It was at the county fair, uh, which was in uh, Crandon, Wisconsin, about 100 miles north of Green Bay. Uh, normally you go around and around, uh, over and under, Unfortunately, it got stuck with people upside down. A lot of them were kids uh, that were upside down for three hours. Uh, Everybody is okay, I guess, as far as we know. Uh, Firefighters had to be called and had to eventually figure out a way to get everybody down. And they blamed what was very obviously a mechanical failure uh, for the problem. Uh, This is not a good look uh, for Wisconsin or for this um, uh, county fair. And actually, it says says one thing, uh, one thing that I think is kind of interesting. It's a gamble. Uh, when you go to any sort of uh, smaller sort of county fair kind of thing, like the roller coaster parks, the big giant ones, uh, for the most part, are not a gamble. Maybe that one a roller coaster with the broken part, an exception to that rule, too. Uh, but for the most part, when you're going to a smaller thing, a traveling thing, I think that you probably understand that there's a likelihood for something to not necessarily harm you, uh, but not go exactly the way it's supposed to go. And this is is a warning for that. And I'm not saying that happens around here. I don't want anyone that puts together any of the stuff we have locally to think I'm trying to target you guys. I just remember as a kid in New Jersey, uh, some of the rides that you'd see at some of those county fairs and be like, yeah, man, I don't know about that one. I'm not sure that I should do that. And I love the Vortex, the thing that was just like a spinning top 
that suctioned you to the wall. I would just do that over and over again, and probably that wasn't great for me. There's probably uh, several things that happened to me because of that, uh, but that was also a, a pretty stock um, uh, fare kind of ride. I do have some audio of this, too. Again, all passengers were uh, safely uh, rescued from this situation, uh, but that is the kind of thing that I don't even know how the fire department, and I think this is a fire captain uh, talking about this, uh, reacts when they first get the phone call that they have to drive out to the fair because uh, a bunch of people are stuck upside down. All we know is that there was a mechanical failure with the ride uh, where it became stuck up in the upright position. Uh, the ride was recently inspected by the state of Wisconsin here on site, and at this time we don't have any other information. Families are being reunited with people as they come down off of the ride um, from the rescuers, and everybody seems to be doing as best as they can given the circumstances. Yeah, i got to be honest. I don't know how much... Um solace it gives me how much of a reaction i get from the idea that it was recently in uh inspected like obviously whoever inspected it did not do a great job we recently checked it uh things seemed to be fine uh there was no way that we thought it would stall with people immediately uh completely upside down and then whoops a daisy uh, it did that thing uh that's definitely not an inspection to be proud of so it's an odd thing uh, not that i blame the fire chief for saying it or the fire captain uh in the area in wisconsin for saying it i, I just don't think that anybody especially the parents of the kids as seven out of the eight people were kids, I care about that part. They're like, oh, it was inspected. Well, then who knows how this could have happened. Uh, there's no way. I, again, I don't think that provides any sort of a level of comfort. Um, four surprising health benefits of whiskey are recently discovered. I love uh, this list of stuff. A whiskey is loaded with vitamin C. Uh, drinking a shot of whiskey gives you the full day's uh, supply of vitamin C. And without all the other annoying vitamins uh, you can get from eating uh, citrus fruit and stuff like that. Come on. Uh, stick to just one. Uh, stick to the whiskey. Uh, slightly preventing cancer. A study found that people who drink whiskey have a moderately lower chance of getting certain forms of cancer uh, thanks to all the antioxidants inside of it. Uh, preventing other diseases. Uh, a study at a New York university uh, found people who drink whiskey in moderation have lower chances of stroke, dementia, heart disease, blood clots, and then whiskey also calms you down. Uh, that's the one thing that not a lot of studies needed to find. Uh, but researchers, researchers in Toronto uh, found one, one glass of whiskey uh, can help with nerves and lower your heart rate. Uh, these are all according to the website Cool Materials, uh, which is a sweet website that I, I had no idea uh, was a thing that existed. But four surprising health benefits in the world of daily consumption of a small amount of whiskey. Um, I love that there's probably going to be a study that comes out soon that immediately tries to disprove all the stuff I just said to you. But darn it for now. Until that one's out there, uh, live in the world where whiskey is great for you in moderation. All right. Uh, one last thing uh, that I thought was kind of interesting, and I feel like this goes viral every so often. I, I feel like this is far from a new thing, uh, but spam was being talked about on social media, the, the food product spam, and people never really know what that means. It's an acronym, and it stands for something. Uh, we can test Will Stevenson real quick to see if he knows what SPAM uh, means, what the acronym stands for. But apparently this is blowing people's minds on social media. I believe it is spiced ham. That is no. Uh, S-P-A-M <laughs> stands for spiced ham. And that's just missing the H. So you're just merging S -P -H. some words is in the space. Yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. Uh -huh. So that's not an acronym. That's just no, a, right. that's a squished not. word. Well, <laughs> I read this yesterday, I like that you and turned it was it in... one of a bunch of choices that, that I saw, fine. and that was the first one I remember. I like that you turned it into, like, uh, the Wonder Twins, where they, like, you know, come together, spice and ham. Spiced and ham, <laughs> unite! Spam is now created. That's... that's... <laughs> 
Combine ham oh, with spices. That was such a good guess and so <laughs> awfully wrong. Uh, it stands for salt preserves any meat. That's what spam means. Uh, salt preserves any meat. Bold stands. I'm not sure exactly. the truth, too, I, isn't it? I'm sure it's the truth. Uh, but again, I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse for anyone who consumes. I've never had spam. I've never really? eaten it. Really? Never. Never I had, had it. it as a kid. Yeah, no, no. We we went I, full bologna and stuff. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't go I had spam. Bologna too. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, I, I think I have never tried spam at all. You like it? Back to you, Craig. <laughs> Good to know. All right. I'm not going to try any spam. I'm going to leave. <laughs> I need to find a garbage can before I do the news here. Nice.